All right. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hey, hey everyone. Oh, sorry. There there we go. Go. <laughs> I, I love that that jingle. Very nice. I know. It gets you in the mood. <laughs> some 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 dude just wrote it. Is it Paul playing guitar? <laughs> it is. I wrote the jingle. It's out there finally. I'm not too bad. <laughs> so Eric, cool. thank you very much for joining us. Um, My pleasure. I'll introduce Eric. I've known, uh, full disclosure, I've known Eric uh, since we're 25, so I've known him for five years. Uh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> why are you laughing? Um, so Eric and I used to be uh, sales reps together at a company called Cable and Wireless in the early 90s. Yes, we're old. Um, but he's kept all his hair, bugger. Uh, <clears throat> and... Um, so I wanted to have Eric on, on the podcast with us because, one, he's a great salesperson. Uh, two, he's had a really interesting trajectory. And three, he now runs his own – well, run, he's partner in, in his own um, – I guess it's a, a financial uh, – Financial firm. Financial firm. Nice. And he'll, he'll tell you a little bit more about that when we ask him questions. So, so uh, thanks very much for joining us, Eric. And maybe just to break the ice – Tell us a little bit about what you do now. Tell us about the company you work at now and what your, what your position is as one of the owners. Well, I am a financial advisor, uh, fully certified, fully licensed uh, in both insurance and investment. Um, I, um, I am now part of the organization that I represent. I'm one of the associates. So there's three partners. Uh, I'm one of them. And I'm also a VP of business development for the firm, uh, which consists of promoting coaching financier trek, which is our brand, our name. Uh, the company will be 20 years old this year in 2021. Uh, my partner, Marc Berube, uh, the uh, owner and the, uh, the principal and the uh, fondateur, uh, created the organization uh, 20 years ago when he was simply a financial advisor, but he had a vision. He wanted to create his own uh, business, and today it's uh, it's a large, uh, fairly large organization that c consists of thirty some employees. Uh, half of them are financial advisors, and uh, the other half are coordinators, admin, uh, receptionists. And we have a marketing coordinator, so it's a fairly large firm. I'm very happy to be part of that. Eric, re re correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're he's your, also your cousin, right, Mark? He's my cousin. Yeah, he's been yeah. trying to recruit you, I think, for 20 years, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's the, the, the I gave you the short version, but you're right. Yeah, it took him almost 10 years uh, when I was back in telecom and the days that I was uh, in sales also, but I was in the telecom industry. Uh, I was one of Mark's first customers as his cousin. And uh, for 10 years, he said, Eric, what are you doing? Uh, you know, at Rogers, come and join me. And, and I was looking at him and I was just thinking, um, he looks like he's having success. He looks like he's having a lot of fun. Uh, it's an interesting industry that I didn't know much of. But when I decided to join the ranks after 10 years of him uh, telling me, I think he was just at the end of trying to convince me. It was about time I joined because I think the train would have passed. And yeah. that's it. But the timing, the timing was right. The timing was right. So I'm there giving I am. up on this guy. I'm, I'm dropping him off. But Eric, so, Eric, I want to ask you a couple of questions. So thank you very much for that intro. I think it really puts us in perspective of where you are now. But, you know, I've, I've always known you as a great and I want to talk to you about your, your, your salesmanship. I've always known you as a great salesperson. When we first met, you were good. 
so why sales? When did it start? Like, was it straight out of university? Was it because you didn't know what to do? Like, why did you head in that direction? I think it was it was early in the years uh, when I started my career, um, and I think it just naturally uh, I was attracted to sales. Uh, I've always been in the PR. Uh, when I was younger, I was involved in all kinds of groups and things. And uh, my dad actually uh, was a business owner in the uh, in the clothing industry uh, back in uh, where I'm from in Baldar. That's why he looks so sharp. Well, yeah, I'm not wearing my tie today, but normally I would. <laughs> but, but yeah, actually, I, 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 was, I was born and raised in an environment when my, my dad and, and some other members of the family were involved in sales. So it was a natural step for me to go towards sales. And it happened early in my career because when I graduated from university back in the days uh, in Ottawa, uh, my first job was to uh, repo car. I was working for Ford Credit as a repo man. Oh, man. So yeah, back in the days I was uh, this big guy, but uh, that did, <laughs> but but that did that was not natural, and that didn't last long. It lasted about two years, and then I saw an opportunity for telecom. The market had just been deregulated. Bell was losing its monopoly. I was in Ottawa and cable and wireless. Uh, the same firm that Paul was part of uh, opened an office in Ottawa, and I ended up you know uh, applying for the job, got the job, and. Long story short, here I am. It was always sales since then. So that's 1990, 91, 92, okay, so maybe. There's another thing I want to touch, Eric. So I know you did. So you did telecom as a salesperson till what, the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s? Uh, it was telecom, Paul, uh, as as in a sales position until the late 90s. And, and, and then after, it was still sales, but as a manager, as, as a, a manager, director, yeah. And, and yeah. So, but, and but, I, but I, finance just—I left Rogers in 2013. So, still sales as a financial advisor, but that's uh, seven years in my career, and Fab, 19 I'm, years in telecom. Fab, I'm only going to hog one more question, then I'll let you jump in. So, Eric, something else that I find fascinating, and I know we were, we were still we sort of because Eric and I—I uh, I wouldn't say we lost touch, but we weren't talking as much. At one point, I went into broadcast. He stayed in telecom. I mean, we talk every couple of years. We'd go have lunch, and he'd show me all the nice new toys he bought that I should have stayed in telecom for <laughs> more than I was. Um, <laughs> you see, you see that face, I, listeners. I, he just made that face. Anyhow, so all that to say that Eric grew in the ranks of Rogers, and we met again when I came to Rogers. So that's really, you know, I came in through the media door, and he was a leader on the um, on the telecom side. And then uh, Eric at one point decided he, he, he left Rogers. He left a great job, a great gig to, to start his own business, basically. And Eric, I want to know, if you don't mind, tell us the mindset of you going from a large 33,000 employee corporation to, holy shit, I work for myself. Well, it's um, the, the transition happened um, quite easily. Uh, I think I was just... When I said earlier, it was the right timing for me to leave. It was the right timing for me to, to do something else and to change completely my environment. And it, it took me maybe a, a good six months to a year before I finally announced that I was leaving Rogers. So I guess I, 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 I made myself uh, aware that the environment I would end up being into would be Eric Trombley, Inc. It would not consist of you know, 30,000 employees or 100 people, uh, you know, surrounding me all the time. So it was quite refreshing and it happened so quickly. And I think I have this capacity to adapt quickly. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as I know that I'm in the right environment, and for me, it was going back to pure sales. And that's what I love. So the rest for me was was just, you know, not done at issue. It was not a problem. It was just Eric Trombley focusing on customers and, and making a difference in their lives at the end of the day. Mm. Cool. If I can jump in, I, I do have a question, though, because w- another transition was going from a large, like so one transition was going from large to small, but the other is like you also changed industries, right? Like you went to financial services. What, you know, how do you adapt to that? Because yeah. from the outside, it looks like a big switch in terms well, of industry. I, and I'm still adapting because <laughs> it is, it is, I mean, uh, it, it was a big step. You're right. I mean, it was still a sales environment, meeting people. And like I said, going back to one-on-one meetings with people, which I had missed the most when I was in the uh, manager or director position. So mm-hmm. going back to the people is uh, the main thing. But you're right. Learning that new environment, you know, I mean, finance and insurance is a completely different uh, industry. Uh, highly regulated, uh, requires a lot of rigor. Uh, you need to make sure that you're on top of your game all the time. So I was drinking from the fire hose. I mean, from 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 the, the day I jumped uh, in this industry until just recently, just to make sure that I'm on top of my game and I stay on top of my game. So it is, uh, you know, highly regulated. Like I said earlier, said so a lot of changes from the fiscal point of view or from the insurance point of view. So you need to make sure that you're well surrounded, that you have a good team of people uh, that uh, you, you learn every day. And uh, earlier today, I was on other, uh, you know, training session, virtual training session, which is a good thing now because it's much easier to to, to learn online than, than perhaps in, in the previous years before the uh, pandemic, where it was more going to this convention and this and that. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, the, the step from uh, telecom to finance and insurance was a big one, but uh it's quite refreshing. And that's what I needed the most. I mean, still being in front of people, making a difference in their lives, but rather than using technology, now it's more finance and insurance. And um, Eric, it's, it's interesting because you say there's a lot. Of, so I, it, when you go in the financial world, obviously you have to take your Canadian securities classes and you have to have all the certifications, right? You can't just you can't just walk into the industry and start selling stuff. So no, it's, no, exactly. it's very regulated. It and, is. And- <clears throat> So, so what's what is similar? So, I know that when you sell telecom to an enterprise, right? When because you were more at the enterprise level, you were selling to big companies. What stayed the same? What part of sales stayed the same? What would you say were the the the, the things that you used to do, like right from the start, that you still do now that are are, are valid? Like maybe a few things that make Eric Tremblay a good salesperson. Yeah, well, I, I, I learned uh, maybe through the hard way when I was in telecom, but it, but I learned s- soon enough that you have two ears and one mouth. Uh, listening to the customer is the basis and finding that, that root cause analysis, why are we here, you know, uh, and the why is very important. Um, so whether it is in telecom and you meet with an organization the size of an Air Canada or Bombardier, and you try to understand how can we address their telecom needs and you're surrounded with engineers and all kinds of people around the table and trying to assess what is the problem, how can we provide a solution to that situation? It's the same today with either business users, uh, business owners rather, or professional. You sit down with them, you listen carefully, trying to seize where they want to go and how we can coach them, which comes from coaching Trek, to 
to attain that objective, whether it's retirement, uh, whether they have a situation we need to fix quickly. This is by listening and again, being well surrounded. So I'll either use lawyers, accountant, or fiscalists to have that plan laid out for them that we can execute upon and it, it, it's solid and then end up meeting the customer requirement and making a difference in their lives, whether it's a business or an individual. Very interesting. Fab, go because I've got a million questions and I'm just faster than Fab, so I've got to bite my tongue so I can let him ask a question. So I'm biting my tongue, Fab. <laughs> um, I'll put my marketing hat on for a bit and I'm just wondering where in the financial space, where where do you get potential clients from? So we know where you get clients from. You, you listen to them and you try to see if you can adjust their needs, but where do you get the potential clients from? Yeah, so when I started the business, and Paul would testify to that, I was yeah, all him. over the place. <laughs> I was I was so so afraid of not succeeding in that business that uh, you know I was all over the place. So I, I I draw a list of all my contacts. I use LinkedIn, and I think I contacted every single one of them except for a couple. I just didn't feel like like doing business with let's say but, <laughs> but there was just a couple of them and so paul ended up being on that list and paul right. is today a customer of mine so i'm very uh, pleased with that and paul actually we, paul one of the rare person that came forward to me and said eric when you're in the business let's talk i'd like to do business with you so i i mean that was to me when I started, it was just a breath of fresh air to know that I could rely on some people that, you know, I could start building my, my, my mm. business upon. So, so I guess my network uh, and the references that I did get from that network also helped me build that funnel mm. uh, and nourish that, that, that sales development and activity. So, of course, the the mouth to mouth, the mouth to hear rather, and 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 understanding also how I can get to other people through my network was so, very important. So that's his technique. He just said mouth to mouth. Mouth to mouth. There yeah, you that, go. That's for, his for marketing technique. Out of the bag. maybe, but but on 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 a on a you know weekly average. I mean, there are not in the last year because of the pandemic, but you know all these uh, super foundations. Yeah. Uh, gala That's or, or, all kinds of events that i could participate in and meet people so i mean and you're your own marketing at the end of the day yes there is a firm called coaching financier tech but i mean people mm -hmm. don't buy necessarily from the the, the brand I think they buy from eric tremblay so and eric I, so so what you're saying is that it's events it's it's references and it's also uh some social media wait so is, wait is it, 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 like, how's that changed? So at the beginning, you said, you know, you reached out to everyone on LinkedIn, right? And then, and then you do some word of mouth. So like today, is it, is it more events or is it sort of the same flow, but it, it's, it's, it doesn't, it, it sort of rolls over it, itself. It's, it's a mix. And in the last year, the social uh, networks have been, a, a, a you know, a way of reaching out to our people and navigate in the, this big sphere because, you know, we, 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 uh, we see that there is value being out there and create awareness, not mm. necessarily to acquire a customer, but at least for the notoriety and then make sure, sure that, that we are uh, visible out there. But it's a mix, I would say, Paul. It's a mix of, uh, you know, uh, getting some references from existing people. It's a mix also of being involved in uh, organizations like Corporate Connection uh, that allows me to meet other business owners, and which is 
80% of my customers are business owners uh, mm -hmm. like myself, like yourselves, so or Travail mm -hmm. or business owners. And a mix of that. And of course, uh, we do our own activities online, uh, whether we have a special guest speaker or we had a degustation de vin recently with a sommelier and a producer, a little Saint Cassette. So we're, we're trying to find ways to reach out to the people. Uh, uh, be different also. Uh, a lot of cycling, like in my DNA, I, I do a lot of sports. I do a lot of cycling. <clears throat> Sorry. And uh, cross-country skiing. And uh, through these activities, I'll also uh, generate uh, opportunities to uh, go for a, a bike ride with a group of people and have them bring people, go to a hockey game, uh, have dinner before the game and, and, you know, go out and watch a game. Tennis, Cook Rogers. So Eric, I have to I have to interrupt you there, Fab, and I want your input on this, Fab, because I, I I remember when Eric first invited me to a cycling event. Yeah, it was very. I remember thinking, "Wow, this is so out of the box. It's so different. It, it's mm -hmm. not something you would expect, right?" And I remember thinking, "That's what's you like? Do you see this in other industries as well, Fab? Like in your in your marketing clients, or or do people sort of say to more traditional events?" Because I, I found that really, really, uh, really original. Yeah, I mean, I haven't, I, I mean, I had heard about cycling events because I have a friend also in the financial space and he was saying it's like the hot new, it's a hot thing. I mean, this is a few years ago, so it's the hot thing. Uh, I think for, for in the marketing space, not as much. Like in marketing, you tend to try to go larger and try to get more people. And so cycling is kind of very local, obviously. Um, but... So yeah, purely marketing is like I don't I haven't seen it too much, but uh, I've I've heard about it. Okay, yeah, okay, interesting. It's um, it's, it's it's you know we we embrace the fact that cycling is the new golf kind of thing. You know, uh, um, the golf tournaments, of course, there's always. But when you do it, or you just go play around a golf with with you know with with a small group, but we realize that a lot of people were jumping on the cycling uh, sport and activity. And for me, it was way more natural cycling than golfing. You should mm. see that. You would, you would totally understand. Um, so it was natural for us to go towards cycling and have special guests there. And yes, Paul, you did, in fact, participate to one of the events that we had created. Well, you see, what I find interesting is that what I like about this, Fab, and I want your opinion. By the way, Fab, your video seems to be frozen, so we don't Yeah, see I know. I'm trying to fix it at the same time. Okay. So one thing that I find interesting is that, and I know Fab said this to me in the past, you know, do what you like, right? Do the things you like and bring the people that way. Try to attract them that way. So I find that very fascinating. So, you know, you 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 like cycling, so you you bring your clients and you'll find clients in, in that field and you bring them forward. So I, I find that very fascinating. Now, Eric, there's one thing that, um, you know, and you talked about it before, you know, you talked about, you know, finding the root cause and, you know, having two years and listening. And what I find fascinating, and, you know, as you know, I'm a sales trainer, and I think you do this very well, is that it doesn't matter what industry you're in. The good salespeople know how to ask the questions to find out what their clients need, right? And, and you know, we Fab and I have talked about this a lot. We've done a lot of podcasts on this, on asking open questions. And, and I find, and the reason I wanted to have you on is because you're sort of the epitome of that good salesperson, right? So you sold, you know, you sold credit or whatever it was you were afford credit which is you know pretty rough whatnot then you went into telecom and now you're in, in, in finance but really probably the 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 
the commonality through all of that is you probably were always listening to your client or your potential client. You're always saying, okay, what is it that I can do for them, right? I mean, I, I don't know. I think this comes naturally to you. Um, and, and, and I find that interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you sales-wise is, you know, when you're in an industry like yours and you work for yourself, how do you decide how do you decide how much prospecting you're going to do? How much do you how how do you decide how much work to put into it? And if you have to attach a percentage to it, how much of your time is spent looking out for um, for new clients? It's a very good question. Um, first, I'll just go back on your first uh, portion about uh, being natural. You know, there's many books out there that talks about and relates about techniques, you know, to have open-ended questions or closed-ended questions and try to navigate the customer. I mean, I'm not like that at all, Paul, and you know that. I, I genuinely care. And, and if I'm yep. in front of someone that is looking for advice, whether it was telecom or it is uh, financial, I'll give my best. And if I don't have an answer, I'll make sure I find the, you know, the, 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 the professional to, to answer that question. So to me, it's genuinely caring is very important. And then it gets you into this um, closer rapport with, with your potential customer. And they'll, they'll understand that you're there for the right reason, just by asking the right regions, because fundamentally you care. You're not asking the question because you read in a book, okay, now I should ask the right <laughs> question to bring it to, you know, Closer to the close. Okay? So, but am I, so am I right in saying, though, that just on that point, you sell something, you know, you sell life insurance, you sell financial stability, you sell something that's very important to the individual. But think back to when you were selling a product that was not essential to someone's survival. I mean, isn't it harder to have more caring there? Doesn't it become more of a, well, I've got a job to do and I've got to help my clients? It's less of a, it's less of a life choice in that situation. I don't know. I'm, I'm no, no. I think I think you bring a very valid point, Paul. I mean, if 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 it depends what you're selling. You're right. Uh, at the end of the day, and um, perhaps telecom, that particular skill of mine or the natural empathy or my way of connecting with people was not as much of an asset that perhaps it is today. Mm. Uh, but but then again, I I say that. But you know, when when you were in front of a VP uh, of a bank and they were looking for bottom line results and they knew that they could count on you because you were there for the right reasons in, in their telecom yeah. budget, let's say. Well, I, I, I think that they could feel that genuinely we're trying to achieve that for them. Um, but but depending, I guess, on what it is that, that you're catering uh, and to what community, perhaps this this way of communicating doesn't come as, as important or than, than perhaps other business. Well, and, and what I realize with you is that, I mean, you are asking open-ended questions. You are asking questions to find out what the need is. Yes, because you care, but you do ask the questions, right? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, you, you're curious. <laughs> Fundamentally so curious. Yeah. yeah, so, so and it's interesting because the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, and remember in our earlier days when we were cable and wireless, there was a lot less, um, there was a lot less questioning and finding out the client's needs. You know, we got to it quickly and we'd quickly get to selling the company. And, and I want to ask you that question because this is something I've noticed in my career is that, you know, 30 years ago when I started, the internet wasn't, it was there, but it didn't really exist. So 
the only way people would find out about you was from the salesperson's mouth. So mm. you had to you had to describe what was going on. So you really had to have a good sales pitch. Today, I think a good salesperson finds out about his client because a lot of that information is out there. It's very rare that you'll meet someone to talk to them about a product that they can't research or go look online. So mm -hmm. what you're trying to do is help them dig into what their needs are. And I think you need a lot more of that today than you do at being a great presenter, right? Um, I, 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 yes and no. And you know what? I'm, I'm, it's funny because you bring me back to this, this seven steps of the sales yeah. cable and wireless. Yeah. And I think step four was selling the company. And we had this big book where you could show cable and wireless being in all the countries with all the little flags. And, but, but to create that rapport with the, 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 the potential customer, I remember not falling from, for that trophy on the wall or uh, I don't know, uh, whatever that, 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 that diploma he had hanging back. Those were the easy trap to fall into and ask about. Same idea with the internet, Paul. I'm sure that people, uh, if they're meeting someone and they go on the internet, then they find the, the, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit. If they go for that, the other person. So by being genuinely curious yeah. and asking fundamental questions other than what's on the internet or hanging on their wall in their office, I think, you know, but, but you're, I agree with you. It's much easier, but you can be very lazy with the internet, but just by doing quick research uh, and then you engage with the customer and you, 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 you touch upon those cliche, in my opinion, I, I, and I hear that like people that are selling to me today, I know they've done their homework, you know, they've gone on the internet, but it feels fake sometimes, I, you know, sometimes it's, yeah, that that's the obvious, please go for something a little bit more or ask me. Yeah. You know, ask me specifically. Well, that, right? that's it's interesting, Eric, because I got this, this, someone tried to connect with me on LinkedIn last week and says, you know, hey, it looks like you're doing some interesting work, you know, let's connect. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God, there's <laughs> <laughs> some really cheesy stuff. Okay, Fab, I hogged the questions again. I'm shutting up. Yeah, no, that's fine. Sorry, I'm having technical problems on my hey, you're back now. <laughs> you move. You're not, you're no longer frozen in this position. <laughs> But that's fine. On, on your side, you're, on my side, you're still frozen, so I can't see what you guys are doing. Um, I'll have to say, but I, I really like what you were saying, Eric, because as I'm getting more and more into the sales world, uh, you know, thanks to Paul and thanks to having started my own my own thing, uh, you're right. Like the internet can make salespeople a lot lazier because there's just so much information out there that it's easy to try to formulate something, um, and so. You know, like how how would you say that? What's the best way? I mean, there's curiosity, but curiosity seems maybe a bit broad. Like how how do you try to get your advisors to to truly go beyond what they can find online? If that makes any sense. Yeah, the the way that uh, the organization function is a lot of training is done on the product. Uh, the knowledge of the product, just to make sure that we can meet the customer's needs. When it comes to sales training, uh, there isn't as much of that part of the training that 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 we have in place that I believe we should. Um, but when you look at, that. I'm sorry, I said we can help you with that. <laughs> I know you guys can, and we have discussed that. But but in 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 in, in true fairness, I think you know we use. The product training to make sure that we have up to speed uh, financial advisors. 
We use the technology to make sure that we have a right CRM uh, tool in place. But when it comes to the, the sales skills, uh, I, I, you know, with my six, seven years now at Trek, I, I did I did have uh, uh, many opportunities to, to present and, 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 and share my experience to the financial advisors and, and share some of the do's and some of the don'ts, the don'ts. But I think that we are now at a level where we need to uh, we need to motivate the troops through sales training. Uh, and I think it's it can be highly motivating to do that because you can use that every day. You can use it the moment that you're done with uh, with your, your training. It's something that you can apply and execute upon right away. And that can be motivating and refreshing. So I think we're there, actually. And I, we, I don't think we have honestly done a good job of that. Well, that's, mm. that's interesting, though, Eric, because what you see, is this something that's that's common in the financial industry where people really focus on learning uh, the, the, the technical aspect of the product? And if you don't, you know, and I know you're a natural and you, you've got great talent, you've been in the industry a long time, but someone who's less of a natural might have a hard time getting his message out there, even though they're an expert. Am I yeah. correct? Yeah, you are. Uh, and, and in fact, when, when you, you, you start in the career, uh, like I said, it's a highly regulated uh, business. So l'autorité des marchés financiers is where you conduct your exams and there's la chambre de sécurité financière, which you need to be part of. Everything's oriented towards making sure that you are compliant, right? That, mm. that you are a professional. And then there's the training to make sure you're updated. And then there's a change of law and there's a, the fiscal reform. And, and then suddenly the, 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 the sales aspect, the transactional aspect of how you, you navigate with the customer through all these, you kind of lose touch of that uh, because you, you just want to make sure that you are compliant, let's say. Hmm. And this is the number one thing in our business that we need to, to, to be good at. But then, you know, there's always uh, the when I talk, to, when I think of sales, I think also of customer service. You know, it's yeah. not just selling something. It's the post sale, just making sure that you have a happy customer at the end of the day or at the end of the year, whenever you, you revisit them. So I think that, that the sales aspect of our business, yes, Paul, it's not necessarily, you know, uh, in, in, in many other organizations like ours. Uh, a big focus right now and and correct me if i'm wrong eric but you're kind of limited too like if you wanted to start a podcast you can't just talk about anything right you're you're quite limited on on what you can talk about and how you promote your products am i correct absolutely so there are many things that you know when i joined the ranks of trek and i, I first became a financial advisor i had all kinds of ideas about promoting this and doing a draw for that or sharing mm -hmm compensation with, uh, let's say, a real estate agent or whatever. And then, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. Not, no, you have to ask you that that it, it became so difficult uh, because it is a very uh, highly regulated industry. I won't say it uh, enough, but that it, it limits you in terms of what you can do uh, to promote sales and do activities that that, that could attract customers. Uh, but mm. You know, but if we go back, uh, I'm not going to name names, but uh, there has been some uh, serious uh, uh, in our industry abuse and uh, fraud uh, that the system went from one extreme to another. And now well, right. like, like the Bernie Madoffs of this world, right? Or even closer to us in Quebec, uh, the Vincent Lacroix. 
oh, yeah. uh, with the Scandale Norbourg, you know, and, and others. Mm. So it, it, it became very, uh, very restrained and uh, organized and structured in a way that, that it limits you from certain sales activities or marketing. And you have to validate. And if you want to validate, you're not sure, then it takes... And then you, you lose track, you lose, you know, that the, the spirit of doing it and having an so, event. So marketing essentially is very limited then. So, so, I mean, I, I guess fab, you know, th this is something that you, you, it, it's sort of like advert. If I had to compare it, it's probably like advertising in the farm world in Canada. You can't, you're very, very limited as to what you do. Yeah. It's, it's a good comparison. I think there is some opportunities where we can uh, promote certain things at certain periods. Uh, and uh, it's all legit and it's all good, but it, it's it's very limited. You know, like you can talk about something, but please don't 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 read the small print because it it's you know it's it's it, there's so many things that you need to consider. Mm. Uh, so a lot of organizations choose not to go there because it, it's it's very difficult to to respect if you want the compliance aspect of it. That's interesting though, but I, I see that there could be some opportunity. To maybe not talking about your services, but maybe more talking about, you know, what matters overall to your target market, you know, like having a conversation with business owners and what's, you know, what's going on in their mind, whether that means hiring people or whatnot. So it's less about talking about your services, but more talking about what your target and, market cares about. And and our business is, uh, is it, it gets very personal when you talk about someone's portfolio or you talk about mm. life insurance. So it, it's really where we make a big difference, um, you know, and, and a typical agenda for me uh, to, to attract potential customers is to have a, an activity, uh, whether it's cycling, it could be golfing, it could be a, an event, uh, and you gather these people together, you have a mix of customers and a mix of prospects, they mingle, and you create that opportunity also for them to network among themselves. And then mm. it becomes naturally that 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 people see you, uh, it, you know, your customers that are there are your sharpest and, and best ambassadors. Uh, right. They'll talk about you and all oh, you, your customer of Eric or Trek, no, but, and then by doing that, uh, then it it leads you to another meeting, which is more likely a one-on-one. -on -one. It's either through right. lunch, breakfast, or, you know, the 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 Zoom uh, Teams, whatever you call it, of this world, and then. You engage in a more personal way. So social network, like I said earlier, or these massive campaigns are destined more for uh, its publicity, just to brand awareness. Uh, and yes, we will address it to the right community. Like I said, for myself, it's business owners. So right. I need to make sure that I tailor my message or my language or the way that, that if I read uh, about my business, uh, I'll make sure that it is a... A, a business owner environment that I read it so that I can relate to their environment and then we can create rapport and then I can talk about my business. So it's very specific. Uh, mm. So it's tailored, it's personalized, it's customized. It's not that large, big cookie cutter type, uh, you know, that there would be some of that. We have a, a vertical market where we uh, cater to uh, the doctors and the, 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 the students and the medicine students that, that are that are in their last years. Then it's maybe a little bit more, you know, cookie cutter, I'll say, because they all have the same sort of, they're all in the same business. They can incorporate themselves today, but in the health industry. So there's mm -hmm. three or four products that we use for them that are the same, whether it is a, a young doctor or an older one. 
I have two questions that come to mind because I see we're, we're uh, of course, we're, you see, this goes way faster than you thought, Ayer. So I, <laughs> well, I, we're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. I have two questions for you, Ayer. One is, what's your advice to someone, let's say a young person or someone who's thinking of going into this industry? Um, you know, what would you say to them? What do they need to do to make sure that they're, that, that they're the right person for this um, for this industry and two, it, it's a plug, but not really a plug, but what would you suggest to the listeners out there who are considering, um, insurance or whatnot? What, what do they need to be thinking of? So what are, what are the things, what should they be looking out for when they're thinking of, 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 you know, buying insurance or, or investing in certain way? So the first one, the person coming into your industry, what do they need and what, what should they be thinking of? Like, yeah. Uh, what kind of person should they be to, to jump into this industry? So a specific candidate uh, for our business, Paul, would be someone that is uh, independent, uh, not financially independent, but what I mean by independence is they don't need to have the tap on the shoulder every Monday morning. Or, mm. You know, the, they need to be independent Honest. yeah, and structured, disciplined, professional. Uh, they need to care also because we cater a certain a product that is distinct for uh, years to come in events of, of, of you know, uh, health problems or for retirement. So you fundamentally need to care. Uh, those that are the fly-by-nights, you know, that they've had huge success in their first couple of years, most of the time you don't see them, they're not around anymore because yeah. they're not there for the right reason. They're there for the quick buck. But someone that is disciplined, uh, someone that is looking for a long-term career, and those that we see in our industry today that – that are made the na a name for themselves and they're well known in our industry. They're, they're 70 years old today, 79 <laughs> years old, and they still do what they do because they fundamentally care and they were there for their customers 75 years ago and they're still there today. It's amazing, right? So so the the, the profile, and we are currently hiring at Coaching Tech. We are looking for for you know these these special candidates and and this little uh, you know nugget of, of people that want to join our ranks. Uh, but if, if they're, if they're too young, if, if they just graduated from university and they do this, they need to be, uh, you know, they need to have that tap on the shoulder. So, so the people that we attract at the track sometimes are people that they've had already had a, a, a career in another, uh, industry, most of the time sales, or they were already a financial advisor, uh, and they just joined the, the, the ranks of track. Uh, so, so this is the typical and someone that's, that's motivated. When I said the tap on the shoulder, sometimes someone that, that truly is, um, uh, motivation intrinsèque, you know, that it's inside yeah. of it. That intrinsic. Really is there for the, yeah. And what was the second point, Paul? Sorry. The <laughs> <laughs> Let's say, uh, I don't know, Fab or I, or, you know, we're all over the place. Like what's a piece of advice that you give to the average person who's considering buying these services? Like. What do they, and I don't mean your company specifically, but as an individual, like, who do you look out for? How do you know this person's going to be a good advisor, right? How do you know yeah. that they're going to sell you the right tools? Like, what is it that you, as, as a consumer, as a, as, a, as, a, as a consumer that needs to be aware of what to look for, what should they be looking for? You know what? I, I think it's, it's a very good question, Paul, uh, because in, in, in my role consists of a lot of education. Um, we... And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna generalize, but there there are a lot of people, uh, let's say in Quebec, that have this uh, pensée magique, 
you know, and they, they don't necessarily take the time to draw a plan and make sure they execute upon it. Sure, they'll have some RSPs and they'll have a TFSA and, you know, they'll have a little bit of this and that. But the education piece is where I come into play for people like you and we sit down and we measure where you're at today and where you want to be in 20 years, 25 years from now when you're thinking of retiring. And then we do quick math. And then that's when people in that process realize, whoa, you know, either they've done a great job and they're on track already and they, they, they you know, congratulations, you know, we, maybe we can do better. But most of the time, though, that people are not necessarily on but, track. But what I mean, Eric, though, is, is like you came to me, I trusted you, I knew you for 20 years. So it, it was an easy gambit, right? But let's say for the average consumer, like, what does he look for in this person? Let's say someone walks up to him. Yes, they should know what they're talking about. But how do you know that they know that they know what they're talking about? Like, yeah. am I looking for some kind of certification? Am I looking for some kind of experience? Am I looking for a specific uh, name on, on, on the brand? Like, you know, yes, they have to draw a plan. But, you know, you could be a charlatan that draws a plan, right? So. And, and there is the first thing people should do if they have doubts or they just want to validate is they can just type their name at the IMF and they'll see if these uh, financial advisors have had some complaints or if mm. they've had past issues. So whatever, whatever the, you know, so whatever the board, so IMF is the one in Quebec. Yeah. yeah. So they register all the plaints and, 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 you know, if people really want to make sure that first of all, that he is a fully certified financial advisor, they can go type their name at IMF and they'll see if they are, first of all, certified. And you can and see then, what the complaints were. and what Yeah, yeah. if there were five complaints and those that actually have not been sort of fixed, but those that actually uh, made, a, if you want, like a, a check on their, uh, on their career. Uh, mm. but, but at the end of the day, Paul, I think that the fundamental thing is that, that trust that we talked about earlier. And when you came to me up front, it, it's because you trusted me anyways. And, and yeah. you knew that if I was going to handle uh, your insurance or, or your wallet, or at the end of the day, you trusted Eric because you had been working for many, many years. But then you become uh, a, a good ambassador of Eric Trombley. And, and you have also referred me potential customer that have become customers also. So what I'm saying is what people should look into to answer your question. Well, they should make sure that these people are solid and and checking with the AMF is one thing, but also do they have references? Most of the time uh, they will, and they, they might know someone that knows someone or some, sometimes it's someone that already have introduced that financial in, uh, individual to. So if you trust that person, then by extension, most of the people, and I conduct my business like that. Most of my customers come through references because my pe the people that I've done business with, they trust me now that they're introducing me to new people and they trust them by, you so know, references are, are important. So okay, that yeah. that makes so references and knowing the people and whatnot. Hey guys, we're gonna have to wrap this up. This is too much fun. But <laughs> but Eric, thank you very very much. It was uh, it was really enjoyable. Uh, I learned a little bit about the financial business. I knew a lot about you, and I wanted to introduce you to our clients. Uh, this is what a a natural uh, caring individual who wants to help his clients sounds like. And, and this is how his career path has been. So uh, again, Eric, I, I really, uh, I really want to thank you for joining Fab and I today. It was, uh, it was, uh, it was a very interesting and uh, fun session. Likewise, gentlemen, it was fun. And uh, thanks for the opportunity. Much appreciated. Thanks everybody. Thanks, Eric.